Hi, I'm Matt Cotty, and I'm a licensed clinical social worker, and I specialize in helping people take their lives back from OCD and anxiety. And on this podcast, I'm going to share with you simple tools, strategies, and principles that will help you on your journey to recovery. Because once you apply the proper knowledge and strategies, you can begin to transform and restore your mind and body. And when we heal as individuals, we can promote that healing into our families and communities and ultimately create a better world for everyone from the inside out. Welcome to the OCD and Anxiety Show. All right. Hey, guys, and welcome to this episode. So um, in today's episode, I want to talk about the idea of triggers and how to handle them in ways that are in align alignment with our long-term goals as opposed to reacting to them and uh, and potentially perpetuating the fear over the long run. So for those of you that don't know me, um, my name is Matt Cotty, and I'm a licensed clinical social worker and the founder of Restored Minds. And I also am the creator of the AAA Response. And on this episode, you know, a, a question I get a lot is, is really about how do I handle triggers, right? Now let's, let's go ahead and talk about what triggers are and what I mean by that. But what I'm talking about with a trigger is, is something usually in our external environment that when we experience it, it causes us to activate our fight or flight system. Right. And, and we're really, we're talking about anxiety here um, as opposed to an actual external threat. We're talking about something that um, makes us anxious. And, and, and that's the, the difference of that between um, let, let's kind of just talk about what I mean by that. So if we experience, let's say, like a lion in real life, that's going to activate, um, you know, our system. Right. And that's naturally going to put us into a fight or flight mode um, and, and rightfully so. Right. You know, because there's a real threat. When I'm talking about triggers, what I'm usually talking about is us activating our, our stress response, but we would in the form of anxiety, meaning we know there's no actual danger, but our body's setting off that stress response and it makes us feel really uncomfortable. Okay. And so that's why I just want to kind of separate that real quick and just talk about um, the difference. So when we talk about triggers, it's important to understand that really triggers are internal and external. Okay. And, um, the external triggers are things that happen outside of us and internal triggers are things that happen inside of us. Okay. And, and so a good example would be, let's say that someone had a fear of contamination and they notice a, a doorknob, right? Or they touch a doorknob. And when they touch the doorknob, they get the thought of, well, what if that has some terrible disease on it? And, and therefore I, you know, something terrible happens to me and I get sick or I die or something like that. Right. The external trigger in that situation is the doorknob and the internal trigger is the, what if thought that the, that they experience in their mind. It's so important to understand triggers um, when it comes to our recovery, because what, what most people assume is that our external triggers cause anxiety. And, 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 and the reality is, is that's just not true. Okay. So like, let me, let me paint an example. Let's use that same analogy that I just used with the doorknob. So if, if in that situation, someone might, like I've had many clients tell me, well, Matt, Matt, doorknobs make me anxious. Or, you know, going to this restaurant makes me anxious or, you know, fill in the blank makes me anxious. And, and they really operate from the belief that this external item 
causes the anxiety, right? There's a direct cause and effect relationship. I touch the doorknob, I get anxious. Now that might be their experience, but is that really what's happening? And, you know, so, so most of the time if someone says, well, that doorknob makes me anxious, I'll go over and touch it and I'll say, well, why didn't I get anxious? I mean, because truly if the doorknob causes anxiety, anyone that touches the doorknob would get anxious, but that doesn't happen, right? In fact, most of us have fears that don't bother other people and other people have fears that don't bother us. So is it the external environment that actually causes fear? And the answer is no, fear started and, and is always comes from the brain, comes from within. It's the only place fear exists is within. And the problem that, that many of us have is that what, what we don't realize is that triggers are, are not the thing that cause anxiety, but it's our perception of that item that causes anxiety or that experience. So what, what happens is, is I, if I am worried about germs and I perceive that that doorknob could be contaminated, that is where the anxiety really begins is my perception, right? So, so I perceive that the trigger might be dangerous. So that causes the what if thoughts to then spark the anxiety reaction and to really, you know, start this loop that many of us get caught in with OCD and anxiety, where we have the thoughts, the feelings, the behaviors, and the relief. And once that loop starts spinning, it just gets more vicious and vicious and vicious. So understanding this is, is critical to our success because how many of us work, it, you know, we work from this concept of the external world triggers me. So then we try to control the external world, not realizing that it's our perception of the external world that actually causes the anxiety to happen. And this is how, this is the trap that many of us fall in, myself included, right? This is how I live for a long time, right? We try to control the external world so it doesn't trigger us. In fact, many people, you know, there's common, you know, like threads on social media and stuff about, you know, I'm triggered, right? And we think that because something triggers, triggers us, that, that that's a bad thing. Therefore, the triggers need to be eliminated or we try to neutralize life so it doesn't trigger us. And we try to create these safe boxes to live, uh, live in that is not triggering. And it's like, you know, what a, what a limited way to live. And, and, and more importantly, what a foolish thing to try to attempt to try to control life in a way so that it doesn't trigger us. It doesn't hit our stuff. It's, it's, a, it's an impossible thing to do. And, and, and ultimately that's what leads people to, you know, becoming agoraphobic where they just can't leave their house because everything ends up becoming a trigger. And, and so the, the, the flip to this is to say, okay, well, are triggers bad? I mean, let's just go ahead and, and, and talk about that one question right there. Are triggers actually bad? Now we assume they are right because they make us anxious and we feel, or, or you know, we, we assume that because we perceive that the triggers make us anxious, that the triggers are bad. So then we can avoid them, but let's challenge that. Like, are our triggers actually a bad thing? Well, no, they're a misperception, you know? And, and in many ways, by experiencing a trigger and not doing anything to neutralize the anxiety, what that enables you to do is actually change your perception of the trigger, right? This is the whole principle of, of facing fear and anxiety through exposure and response prevention, right? Is that when we do an exposure, what we're actually doing is we are changing our perception of that thing. 
you know, so I've had people who were afraid of bees, right? Now bees, they can sting you, but I mean, you know, does it actually warrant a, uh, you know, a life and death, um, you know, response? And most of us know, right? And, and if we're having that kind of life and death response over something that actually isn't dangerous, what we need to be able to do is change our perception of that. And how do we do that? By experiencing it head on and facing that fear. And see, by facing the fear, what we're doing is we're actually changing the perception and the belief about that thing. When, when someone has a fear of contamination, what we do is we actually touch doorknobs and things they perceive to be contaminated, and we actually see if anything happens. And when nothing happens, our brain is forced to challenge the perception of that of that particular thing. See, what happens with most of us is when we get triggered, we go into this state of reactive consciousness, and, and we try to solve our anxiety and get rid of it. And, and by, by getting rid of the anxiety, what happens is it paradoxically reinforces the fear that began. So like to use an example of, let's say someone who has panic attacks, let's say someone had a panic attack at a restaurant. I don't know, like, you know, TGI Fridays, right? Um, don't know why I thought of that restaurant, but you know, whatever, TGI Fridays. Okay. And let's say they had a panic attack there and they then, Every time they see a TGI Fridays or the sign, right? You know, what happens is they get they get worried and don't want to go in. They want to avoid it because they don't want to experience another panic attack. That's an example of a trigger, right? Going to a restaurant is not a dangerous thing, right? Your body really shouldn't be reacting in a fight or flight state at the mere sight of a restaurant, right? And 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 so that's the example of an external trigger. Now, when when someone sees that restaurant and they get anxious they might want to avoid the restaurant but but paradoxically by avoiding the restaurant what's going to happen it's going to reinforce the fear and actually make the fear stronger so they're going to want to get, get they're going to get more triggered in the future which is going to lead to more avoidance which is going to lead to a smaller limited quality of life and that really is the problem of fear right is that the more we avoid things that trigger us right what we're doing is we're validating the idea that those things really are dangerous or, or, you know, and, and, and more importantly, limiting the quality of life that we can really live because we're allowing the trigger itself to control our behavior. See, what we need to begin to realize in, in the process of recovery and, and, and is, is that triggers are not a bad thing. Triggers are an opportunity for us to challenge our, our fears and our beliefs about things and in many ways change our perception of how we're seeing something. That's all a trigger is. Now, again, just to be clear, what we're talking about, we're not talking about real dangerous situations, right? There's always a sense of clarity in danger, right? You know, you know there's a real threat. What we're talking about here is when we get triggered and our stress response is being activated and there's no danger present. That's what we're talking about here. So, so when something triggers you, realize that that actually is a chance for you to challenge that fear. That's a chance for you to create a new perception about that fear. And the way that we do that is by not engaging behaviors that will reinforce that trigger and that will make us feel better temporarily. This is the entire idea behind exposure and response prevention. And, and triggers, once we can really begin to see them as opportunities of healing as opposed to things that are terrifying that need to be avoided and controlled, we start to realize that our, our work is actually always within. 
See, see, the, one of the things that people really struggle with with OCD and anxiety is they try to control the outside world because things in the outside world they perceive are the things that trigger them. Once you shift your work to understanding that the work is always within you, that fear exists only within you, and that, that that really is the only place that your work needs to be focused is within. And if something triggers you in the external world, whether it's a doorknob or a restaurant or certain foods, it doesn't really matter. What that does is it's triggering up your internal work and that is where your work is to be done. In fact, triggers just help guide us to our work on ourselves. And they, they actually can be a very great thing. They can be the very thing that actually liberates us. And it starts with a reframe though. Recovery, we, we got to start with a reframe that triggers are not bad. And really understanding that triggers are a chance for us to challenge our perception and to do work on ourselves that will promote our long-term recovery and our long-term healing instead of us focusing on trying to feel better right now. See, if we, if we prioritize our immediate comfort over our long-term recovery, we're always going to avoid things that trigger us. You know, if we think that we're always supposed to feel happy and great, well, then we're not going to want to do anything that's going to ever challenge us and help us grow. Triggers are, triggers are um, opportunities for growth, and that's one of the best ways to see them. Um, and, and they're opportunities for healing, uh, you know, on, on, a, on a deeper level when it comes to OCD and anxiety. So, so I just want to talk about triggers um, today and, and offer that insight, and, and hopefully that helps you. Um, you know, kind of rethink how you look at them because how you see triggers is going to, um, is, is definitely going to be a big determining factor on how you react to them, which is going to determine what you do and, and ultimately indicate a lot of the, the recovery that you're able to make um, when it comes to fear and anxiety and OCD. So hopefully that's helpful. And, and again, down right in the, in the notes below, I have a free guide I put together um, called from, uh, from stuck to unstuck. And it really details things that you can start doing to really begin to step into um, that, that recovery process and what you need to do to really break that loop if that's something that you wrestle with. And so over at Restored Minds, we have additional resources for you as well. So please check those out. And please help us out by liking and subscribing and supporting our, our channel um, because we, we really appreciate um, your support and it really helps us get these messages out to, uh, to others as well. So thank you so much for hanging out today. I wish you guys a great week and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Take care. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you found it helpful, chances are others will too. So if you would please do me a favor and show your support by subscribing and leaving a review, I would really appreciate it. Also, if you're looking for a higher level of support on your journey, we have several resources to support you over at restoredminds.com. And we've even included some links right down below in the notes. Lastly, if you have any questions, you can email me at support at restoredminds.com. Thanks again for listening, and I hope to see you soon.
Thank you so much for watching that video. And so if you're struggling with OCD and anxiety, I just wanted to let you know that we have a free training for you um, over at Restored Minds where you can start learning how to use our AAA response to really break out of that loop and ultimately take back control of your life. And all you need to do to get access is just click the little link below and you'll be taken to a page where you can register today. Thank you so much.